Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. Another verse I added said, they're happy and you know it, let your face show it. No. <laughs> you know, a lot of people say they're happy, but you never know if you walk past them. Amen. But we're not those people. We're happy. Glory to God. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We'd like to welcome you today. Glory to God. I'm excited. I tell you what, pre- uh, pastors got me fired up already preaching the word. Amen. How many of you believe what he preached this morning concerning the offering? How many believe that you're rich in Christ? How many believe that when you declare something, decree it according to the word that it's yours? And see, faith is an action. Amen. Faith is an action word. Just like love is an action word. If you love someone, you show it, right? There's different actions and deeds that you do when you have love for a person. You know, it's like the fellow said, I, I, you know, I told you I loved you the day we was married. If I ever change, I'll let you know. But that's not, that's not the way we operate. No, we tell our wife we, we love her. I tell my wife I love her m- multiple times a day. Amen. But it's coming from my heart. It's not just something that we say. So love is an action and faith is an action. Amen. 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 Glory to God. <laughs> you say, well, I just feel like I'm putting on. Well, the Bible tells us to be a put on. You know, a lot of times your body doesn't feel like walking out what you just declared and decreed. Holy Ghost is so good. And it, some of the scriptures that we're, we're beginning with today is, is connects right in with what Pastor was ministering on. In fact, the word root and what we're rooted in was one of the things that was stirred in my heart this week. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to look at some scripture concerning that. But, you know, sometimes your body doesn't want to. Uh, it just doesn't want to. How many of you sometimes you just don't feel like getting out of bed? You ever, you ever been there? I raised my hand. How many of you ever felt like you, you didn't feel like shouting a joy? But you know what? We don't go by what we feel. We don't go by what our body tells us. We go by what the word says. We go by what's already established before the foundation of the earth. And if he said it, then it belongs to us. Amen. And that settles it. We believe that we receive when we pray. We believe that we receive when we declare. Amen. And then we act accordingly. No matter what circumstances come. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Kristen's been doing a tremendous job on Wednesday night uh, teaching on joy. And I encourage you to be here. Uh, We all, the joy is our strength. Amen. And it's just been been tremendous. And one of the uh, scriptures I believe she's quoted, I know she's quoted it because I've got it in my notes. I believe it's in Psalms 119. It says, for I rejoice over thy word as one has found a great spoil. One translation says a great treasure. How many remember as a kid just, just going out playing out and, and thinking that like you were on some kind of great adventure or journey. You'd be out in the woods with your buddies or whatever and y'all maybe dress up with something or whatever. And you're just going out and you start digging or looking for some great treasure. You know, because you've seen these different movies. I had a buddy. I won't mention his name because a lot of you know him, but... <laughs> He's, he's kind of unique. But anyway, he had a place out in the back of his house where he would dig. That's all he did was he just dig and dig and dig. And it was like, it was fun. I'm like, man, what are you doing? I don't, we're just digging. You want to come dig? I said, yeah. So I got my shovel. We started digging. And I, don't, I still to this day don't really know what we was digging for. We just dug holes and had a big time until his mama got onto us and said, okay, now cover them all up. So we had to go out and fill them all in after we dug them. But you know, if, if we were digging and we would have found gold or a great treasure, how would we act? We'd, we, I mean, you know, we went just, to, well, I guess found some gold. You know, I guess that's, 
That's nice. You know, that's neat. No, we would rejoice. We would celebrate as one that, no, I'm going to read out the, the message translation. The message translation says, hallelujah, let me find it right here. The message translation said, I've been slandered unmercifully by the politicians. <laughs> that could fit in today's culture. It said, I've been slandered mercifully, unmercifully by the uh, politicians, but my awe at your words keep me stable. Think about that. My awe at your words. So we're still talking about honor today. But my honor that I give at your word, it keeps me stable. Amen. And then it goes on to say, it says, my, my awe at your word keeps me stable. It says, I'm ecstatic over what you say. Now, ecstatic doesn't mean you just, you know, get a little, well, praise the Lord. Ecstatic. What do, what do you think of when you think of ecstatic? I mean, somebody, you know, a fellow said he came off the hinges. You know, in the world, they said they came unhinged or they, whatever, you know, you see somebody just go off the handle unhinged, but ecstatic means that, man, you get excited. Amen. Why? Because you believe it. It's true. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. So we get ecstatic about God's word. So it doesn't matter what our body says. It doesn't matter what our checkbook says. Amen. It doesn't matter what feelings we have, but we get excited and ecstatic about what God has declared over us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's open our Bibles this morning, Colossians chapter 2. And as we do that, I want to I pray as you're turning there. Colossians chapter 2. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we do get excited over your We celebrate today as one that has found a great treasure. Glory be to God. Because we know that our rights and privileges in Christ are complete and accomplished through his finished work. He's seated today at the right hand of the Father. And he's put us with him, seated us there with him. And we're far above all principality, might, and power, and dominion. He's given unto us a name. That's above every name. Glory to God. So today as we open this holy precious word, Father, we don't take it for granted, but we honor this word. We honor you, Holy Spirit, that's in our midst. You are the teacher. So we ask you, Holy Spirit, to reveal to us today, stir up in us revelation knowledge, Father God, that we could, we could grow thereby and we could see and know the path that you have for us for this year of 2019, Father as we walk in your plans, as we walk in your purposes, as we bring, bring glory unto your name. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Amen. Colossians chapter 2 and verse uh, 6. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6. And it's cool how the Holy Spirit works. <laughs> and uh, as I was uh, doing some traveling this week, I was uh, riding down the road and I heard the word root. In the beginning, it wasn't the, root, the word root like you were thinking about the root on a tree, but it was the word root that comes from the GPS. You know, when you get off track with the GPS, what does it say? It says proceed to the root. And if you keep going and keep going, it'll say proceed to the root, proceed to the root, proceed to the root. And you know, sometimes you want to take it and throw it, out, you know, throw it out the window. But these days it's on the phone. It could get a little expensive if you did that. If you threw, threw your phone in the river, it, get, you know, it gets pretty expensive these days. But it says, do what? Proceed to the root. So I was riding along and I missed my turn. And that's what she kept telling me. And it was a woman too. She kept saying, proceed to the root. Proceed to the root. And I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm trying to, but I can't find it, you know. But, uh, you know, what happened was, was this, is I didn't know exactly where I was going. What I did is I just kind of put in a general area. You ever done that before? You kind of, you didn't know the exact address. You just kind of put in the city or place or general area and it kind of gets you close. And then you can kind of find out better once you get there where you were going. And sometimes we do that. We don't really know the exact place that we're going. We just kind of throw something out. Or maybe in 2019, you said, yes, we know that the promises of God are yes and amen. We know that we're, 
uh, complete in him, and, and, but we don't really know where we're headed. We don't really know, you know what his plan is, the specifics of some things. Amen. We're not declaring and decreeing anything. We haven't believed that we receive when we pray. We just kind of hope it's going to come to pass. It's just happenstance because God, see, it's accomplished on the cross. Amen. It's finished. But just because it's finished doesn't mean that we're going to walk in it. Doesn't mean that we're going to experience it. Amen. You can have a bank account with $10 million, but if you don't have the debit card or the access code to get to the account, then it does us no good. Amen. But we've got the access code. Glory to God. His name is Jesus. Amen. Amen. So that GPS said, proceed to the root. And if we get off track, it continues to tell us that, do what? Proceed to the root. <laughs> and, and if we don't like the fruit, as pastors taught us, if we don't like the fruit, what do you do? You have to check the root. What are we rooted in? But I've got some good news for you today. If, you know, if we didn't like the direction that our life headed in 2018, or maybe there's just some areas. You know what I mean? Everything was just terrible or bad. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying this more. But maybe there was some certain areas that you said, you know, I could have enjoyed a little bit different scenery. You ever go the, you ever go the, the scenic route on the, on the way to somewhere because you want to see some scenery? Well, maybe there's some things in 2018 that you said, I could have stood to see a little different scenery in my life. Maybe some, this area over here could have been better. This, this area of my finances, this area of my body, whatever it is, could have been different. Well, all we need to do is do what? Proceed to the root and check the root. What are we rooted in? What are we grounded in? Amen. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6. You're familiar with this chapter, but Colossians 2 verse 6, it says, As you therefore receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. The Amplified verse 7, it says, Having the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in him, fixed and founded in him, being continually built up in him, becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith, just as you were taught and abounding and overflowing in it with thanksgiving. Glory to God. I, in my notes here, I wrote, Get excited about the word. Amen. Get excited about what God said. If you believe it and if you've declared it and spoken, you believe you received when you prayed, then you're going to be excited about it. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Because God's word never fails. And if he said it, he'll do it. Amen. Now go, uh, go real quickly to... Uh, well, just, just, hold, just to hold where you are. I'm going to go ahead and get my Bible marked. In Job verse, uh, or chapter 22 and 28, the Amplified Version, you know this verse. It says, You shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you, and the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. It said, You shall decide. So the good news is, if you didn't like some errors of 2018, Maybe where some, some things went and the way that they were, maybe they even seem to be carrying over into 2019. The good news is, is that you can change the GPS. Amen. You can check the route. You can get back on the route, proceed to the route, find out what are we rooted in, what are we grounded in. Amen. And we can be, begin to declare and decree what God's word says about the situation, and it'll be different. Amen. And then we can get excited about it. Amen. Faith is an act. It acts on what God said. <laughs> Glory to God. So what we give our attention to and our devotion to, our time to, and even our honor to will determine what we're rooted in. Amen. You know, I was just doing some, some, uh, some meditation and prayer about 2018. And if you hadn't done that, I encourage you to. It's not too late. You say, well, I didn't do that. Is it over? Did I forget? No. <laughs> you can do it today. But I encourage you to take some time. Pray. Seek God. Meditate. Listen to the Holy Ghost. You know, he's, you're, if I hadn't told you lately, you're significant. 
You know, this, we talked about this Wednesday night after the service when we prayed in the circle yes. together and we shared a few things. But we're significant. You're significant to the plan of God. Yeah. But you have to take time to listen and know what's your place and purpose. Amen. And then be willing to, and be bold enough to step out and do what he says to do. Amen. So I encourage you to take some time to do that. And I was, I was taking some time to study, to listen, to pray, and uh, to just to, to get some direction. And just some simple things. Just practical things. You know, one thing that I was looking at and just doing some running some numbers. I had a calculator out running some numbers on some things financial and looking at some other other things. And then there was there was something that along these lines, it was just kind of standing out to me about things that we can do as believers and the world could do them, too. But how much more as a believer can we take God's word and meditate in it, get it on inside of us, establish a root system. Amen. Hallelujah. And, you know, the parable about the, the house is built upon the rock when the storms come. And the winds come and the winds blow. If it's built upon the rock of what? Christ Jesus. If it's built upon the rock of his word, then it'll stand strong and it will not fall. But if it's not, when the storms come and the winds come and the situations come, and they will. You don't want to claim that, you you know, we don't want to shout about that one, but they will. You'll have a challenge. We'll have trials and tribulations in this life. But he said, be of good cheer because I've already overcome all of them. Not some of them, not a few of them, but he's overcome them all. Amen. But do you believe that? Do you see yourself in him and identify with his death, his burial, and his resurrection if we're seated with him today in heavenly places? Amen. Amen. Yes. So I was just running some numbers, and I looked at it, and I, th- I was looking at it. I said, if we read 10 pages of a book a day, now this is just practical thinking, but if you were to read 10 pages of a book every day, you did that seven days a week, how many pages is that? 70 pages. Average book is about 240 pages. Average book. Some are a lot less, some are a lot more. Average book is about 240 pages. If you did that every day for a year, you'd have read 15 books in a year, 10 pages a day. If you doubled that and did 20, that'd be 30 books in a year. Amen. Now, how many of you, I'm going to raise up my hand and I'll be the first one. How many of you know that we could take 10 minutes out of a day somewhere to read 10 pages of a book? We could take, do you know that even a, your Bible, that you could read your Bible through twice, cover to cover twice in a year if you read 10 pages a day? you think, how could that be? That's a thick book. Well, I've done the math. There's about 1,700 and some odd pages, 17. That's, that's in the book of maps. Let me back up. But we could read through our Bibles twice in a year if we read 10 pages a day. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So what I'm talking about is this, is what are we rooted in? What do we give our attention to, our devotion to, our time to? What do we honor? What do we respect? Because whatever... You can reverse that in this. What we are giving our time to, what we are giving our devotion to, that's what we're giving our honor to. You see? We're honoring those things more than we are the things of God. But if we want to change our fruit, if we want to change our direction, then we've got to see what is the root. Amen. So, and, and that's as simple as it is. So if we'll change our root and become established in Christ Jesus, established in the Word, amen, then guess what? Then our direction will change. Our fruit will begin to change. Glory to God. So we have the right root. We'll have the right direction and the right fruit. Glory to God. Things don't just happen as a matter of happenstance, a matter of course. And sometimes believers get, you know, we get um, tricked, I guess you could say, by the enemy that way sometimes. But it's because we're a believer and we're saved, we think, well, it's just going to happen because I'm a believer. You know, like we heard on the streets before when we were going out, and people said, are you, are you on, are you, are you saved? Do you know today if you die and go to, or if you died today, did you know you'd go to heaven? Or, you know, do you know Jesus? And they said, well, I'm, I'm an American. You know, I'm, I live in the U.S. 
Well, they think they would go to heaven just because they're American. But see, we get tricked sometimes thinking that just because we're a believer or just because uh, we're born again or we've been taught the things that we've been taught, that it's just going to happen by happenstance. But that's not the way that it works. It's complete in Christ. But are we rooted and established in it? Are we releasing our faith? Amen. Have we believed that we received? Do we see ourselves? Do we identify with the finished work of Christ? Are we giving honor in first place to those things? Amen. Amen. And when the storms come and when the enemy comes, are we ready? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. But it said right here, you shall decide. You shall decree a thing and it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. Glory be to God. That's some good stuff. We can get excited about that. Amen. We can rejoice over that as what? He who's found, found a great treasure, a great spoil. Now, now I want to, we're still talking about honor. Which can, it may seem like we're shifting gears a little bit, but I want to tell you this. There's no person or no thing that can cause you to dishonor someone or show dishonor toward God or toward a person. There's no person, there's no thing that can cause you to dishonor. Amen. It doesn't matter how, how mean they are to us. <laughs> now, I know you get on 65, and there's, there's, like Brother Hagin used to say about getting a headache. He said, I've never had a headache. He said, now, I have marvelous opportunities to get one, but I've never had one. And that's kind of the way it is. You get on 65, you're going to have some marvelous opportunities to get offended or to dishonor or to speak words over someone, but we don't have to. Nothing can make us, right? Nothing can force us to do that. It reminded me of a story of, uh, a lot of you heard about Smith Wigglesworth. You know, he wasn't always born again. You know, all the miracles and things that he did. He wasn't always saved, but he was one of the greatest, uh, uh, had one of the greatest ministry of healing that the world have ever seen. Amen. M mighty man of faith. But he wasn't always that way, and he wasn't always saved. He was all the way, what was he, pastors up in his 50s, like 55 or 56, somewhere in there when he, before he even started ministering the Word of God. But there was his wife that was such a great tool in his ministry to get him into the things of God, to, to get him to the place where he was saved, and she would go to church. Some of you heard this story, but he would go to church or she would go to church and he'd tell her, you're not going tonight. And she said, now, Smith, I love you and I respect you, but I'm, I'm going to go to church. And he said, well, you're not going. She said, well, I'm going to go. And so she went to church. Well, this one particular night she came home and the door was locked. The deadbolt was fixed, whatever. It was locked. She couldn't get in the home. It was cold outside. She'd gone to church, but she couldn't get in the house. Well, she didn't get mad and pitch a fit and throw rocks through the windows and kick the door and scream and holler and shout. She sat down there at the, at the door and fell asleep. She slept through the night, and the next morning, Smith always came out to get the paper, and he opened up the door to go get the paper. When he opened the door, she fell, fell back. She was sleeping at the door, got up, popped right up, said, hey, good morning. How are you this morning? Did you, did you sleep well? Did you have a good night's sleep? And she went in and fixed his favorite breakfast. What can I fix you this morning for breakfast? She went in and fixed, fixed breakfast. Amen. Well, so no person or no thing can cause us to dishonor. It's a choice. Amen. It's a choice. Glory to God. Now, I didn't say it was easy on, on the flesh, but it's, it's a choice. We have a choice to make. But I want you to see, because of her display of love and honor and respect for her husband. See, I'm not, I'm not, when, I'm, when I'm talking about honor, I'm not talking about just doing something in the flesh to say that we're doing this by works. I'm talking about the spirit of honor. Amen. A spirit of honor. And when she did that in the right spirit, then it caused him through the love that she showed to him, it caused him to want to know more and want to grow closer to this God that she served and the love that she showed. And then you see, you know, the rest of the story of what he uh, uh, accomplished through his ministry. Amen. So she honored God by going to the meeting, but she honored her husband by 
walking in love and by getting up and cooking his favorite breakfast. Amen. In doing so, she honored God. Amen. Now, I don't want you to turn here, but I want you to mark this in your notes if you're making notes because it's something that we need to get on inside of us. The scripture I've already quoted is Psalms 119, 162. And it says, I rejoice that your word is one that finds great spoil. Christian, uh, Christian quoted this, uh, that, uh, I think it was last Wednesday, maybe the Wednesday before, but she said, your celebration is a demonstration of your expectation. Your celebration is a demonstration of your expectation. Did I get that right? Amen. When, when we rejoice at God's word, when we show honor, see, did, did you know even, hallelujah, did you know even your celebration and your praise is showing honor unto God? Amen. You know, when we come in the in, in in sanctuary, we come in and we're showing honor to God as we praise and as we worship. Why? Because we know that we, we, we believe that he's here. We believe that the presence of God is actually here. That it's not something we're doing just to come and say we came to church on a Sunday, but we believe that the presence of Almighty God is in our midst. He lives in us. We know that we're the temple of the Holy Ghost, but we believe that his manifest presence is here in our midst. And we're giving honor and, and, and praise and worship unto the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. So our praise and our our demonstration, celebration uh, is a demonstration of our expectation. That's giving honor unto the King of kings and to the Lord of lords. Amen. The message translation said, I've been slandered. I quoted this. I've been slandered unmercifully by the politicians, but my awe at your words keep me stable. I'm ecstatic over what you say, like one who strikes it rich. Glory to God. How will we act if we struck it rich? How will we treat a fine treasure? Amen. You say, oh, that's just, you know, that's just a, an example. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's more than an example. It's the word of God. Amen. Now, see, that's what, that's what, if we just think it's an example, then we'll have whatever we had in 2018 or whatever the way the problem was, it'll stay that way. Amen. Because we're not really in faith about it. I heard Kenneth Copeland say that this, it was an old recording, but he said that this week. He said that uh, faith is a currency of heaven. Amen. Faith is a currency of heaven. You know, to operate on this earth, we have to have, if you go to Piggly Wiggly, you're not going to get your groceries by good looks. Amen. You can try it, but you're not going to get very much. It takes some currency. Amen. It takes some money to get your groceries. Well, faith is our currency in heaven. Amen. Glory to God. Now, we're doing a little bit of review, but, but the honor that we show is in direct correlation to our faith. That means if we come in to a service like this and we're expecting God to move and we're expecting to, to hear from heaven and receive, then we're coming in in expectation. See, it's our faith and expectation and honor that we show that's revealing if we're in faith or if we're not. Amen. Amen. So it's direct correlation, the honor that we show. Amen. Now, uh, turn over here real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Glory to God. How many of you know if you, if you believe something, it's going gonna, it's gonna to show? How many know you can get around for somebody for about 10 minutes and listen to what they talk about and you're going to know what's in their heart and what they meditate on, what they think about? Amen. Amen. <laughs> so if the word of God is alive in us, amen, if we're rejoicing over his word, then it's going to come out. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaketh or speaketh. Whatever's on the inside comes out. Amen. I remember Brother Hagin talking about a sponge that, 
that we ought to be so full of the word and so full of the, the spirit of God that, that when the problems come and they bump up against us, just like a wet full sponge, you know, when, when you, you, you got a full sponge, you don't have to squeeze it very hard. You just barely touch it. And what happens? The water comes out or whatever's in it comes out. Then the word should come out. Amen. Celebration, rejoicing should come out. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, in the Amplified Version, it said, As God is able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come to you in abundance, so that you may always and under all circumstances, and whatever the need be, self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support, and furnished. Everybody say furnished. Furnished in abundance for every good work and every charitable donation. Glory to God. Now, if we're going to get excited and ecstatic about God's word <laughs> and you really believe this passage, see, then you'd get happy when you read that. Why? Because it's talking about you. It's talking about me and it's talking about what God has already done. It said he's, he's able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to me in abundance that I may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished. Glory to God. I looked up the word furnished, and it means to provide what is needed. How many of you know you've been furnished today? You've been provided with what is needed. Glory to God. It means to equip. It means to outfit. It means to appoint, to supply with one what is needed for the appointment. Amen. So you've been appointed. You've been anointed and appointed. And if you believe you've been anointed and appointed, you've been equipped and furnished and furnished to do what you've been called to do. Amen. We know the Bible tells us he's given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Yeah. So that means he cares about the little things. He cares about, uh, you know, our needs have already been met through Christ Jesus. He cares about the, the, the refrigerator being full. He cares about the light bill being paid. Amen. He cares about those things. But also for the calling, see, it takes those things for us to, to, to fulfill the calling, the plan for our life. But he's equipped us and furnished us for the appointment. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> see, and you can get happy about it. You can get excited about why you found great treasure. If you think you're not significant, then this scripture right here tells you that you are. You've been anointed and appointed. Amen. Glory to God. Now, Abraham honored God through his obedience. Now, I want you to think about this just for a minute. We can always find examples in the scripture. Amen. You can always find someone in the scripture. You think you had something difficult that you've been through? Then there's always somebody, amen, in the scripture that had it worse or had it was in the same situation, but they, they what? They had a choice to make. To believe God. We know what, what the story about Abraham and Sarah, what the God gave them the promise of having a son. But what, what, what was the deal with it? Well, they were old. And he said, I didn't, I, you know, at this age, I don't even really want a son. And she was barren and couldn't, couldn't have a son. But he gave him a promise. Amen. And Abraham obeyed God and, and, and through obedience. And he counted God faithful. Amen. He counted God faithful and he rejoiced in his word. Now, we're not going to turn there, but uh, we know that in Genesis, it talks about that, that God told him to go and sacrifice his son. So he took Isaac and they gathered up the, the, some sticks and, and they got the supplies together. And they had Isaac and they was going up to the, to the mountain. And the people that was there with him said, where, where are you going? He said, well, we're going to go over there. We're going to worship. And me and the lad are going to worship and me and the lad are going to return. So he was making a declaration before he ever went. Right. He was setting a GPS yeah. and the coordinates on it. He said, we're going to go over there and worship, but we're going to return. Uh -huh. Now, what happened when, when, as they were on the way, the son kind of got a little nervous, didn't he? He's like, well, Dad, we've got the supplies and the sticks and we're building the altar, but where's the sacrifice? Where's the sacrifice at? But what did Abraham say? Oh, I don't know. I, 
I'm, I'm kind of getting worried here. I, we're not really sure what's going to happen. We're just going to wait and see. We're just, you know, just going to pray and, and hope and pray and wait and see. No, he said the Lord will provide a sacrifice. Why? Because he'd given him his word. He'd given him his promise. And he knew that he wouldn't, if he gave him a promise, that he wouldn't go back on his word, that he would fulfill the promise. Amen. If you carry that over to Hebrews, it talks about the fact that God, uh, that Abraham judged God faithful even to the point to where if he would have had to raise Isaac from the dead to keep his word, that he would do it. Amen. Amen. So that's what I'm asking us today. And I'm asking you today, are you judging God faithful? Are you judging God faithfully what is promised? Amen. And one way that we do that is we do that through honor. We do that through honoring his word and getting excited about his word and getting ecstatic over his promises. Amen. And celebrating what he said because it's about us. If we believe that and we believe we've had a great, we, we, we was one is, that has found a, a great treasure. Amen. And it belongs to us. Amen. Glory to God. See, the devil can't stand celebration. Glory to God. The devil can't stand when, when we praise. What, what was that quote, Christian, about the, the devil knows about his defeat more than, more than we do because he was there. <laughs> the devil was there when he got defeated. Glory to God. And see, when we begin to praise and we begin to celebrate and we begin to, uh, to, to act as one who's found a great spoil over God's word, and see, that just reminds the devil he's been defeated. Yeah. Glory to God. That just reminds him that he has no power over us. That just reminds him that he's under our feet. Yeah. Glory to God. Glory. Amen. It reminds him that we're seated with Christ Jesus. Yeah. Glory to God. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. So he honored God's word. He honored God and he honored God's word so much that he believed God would have to raise Isaac from the dead to keep his word. Amen. Even if he had to raise him from the dead. Glory be to God. Now, go over to Mark chapter 4 real quick. Mark chapter 4. Hallelujah. I may be thankful today. Amen. Glory to God. Thankful heart. <laughs> and go ahead and go two chapters over to Mark chapter 6. So I'm going to do just a little bit of review real quickly to establish a foundation of what we're talking about today in the word of honor. But the word honor means to esteem or give esteem uh, that's due to something or to someone. It means to give high estimation. It's a testimony of esteem. It's an expression of respect by words or actions. It's dignity, it's exalted in rank, and it's given distinction to something. Amen? Uh, and in, included in the definition of honor is to revere. To revere means to regard with fear mingled with respect and reverence. To venerate means to regard with respect and reverence. To respect means to have regard to a design and purpose, to have regard to in relation or connection. Now think about that just a minute. To give honor means to respect. It means to have regard and to design or to purpose. To have regard to in relation or connection. See, God, we, we have connections. In the body of Christ, you know, a lot of people today, they just, you know, they say, well, I'm just going to go where I want to go. Well, when we have a free will and, and choice, we can go wherever we want to go. But see, the Bible says that God chooses to place us in the body as he sees fit, as he chooses. And that's the reason a lot of people are running around like renegades, and, and, and you know, and, and, and they got a little battle over here and a little battle over there and a little battle over there, and, and they're just always putting out fires constantly. You know, the alarm's constantly going off. 
we got a fire over here and this is going on. They always wonder what's happening and, they, and then they call and, and ask for help, but they don't really know where to call because they don't have any connection. They don't have a pastor. They don't have a connection. They don't, they don't have a church where they're planted. So that comes back to the root. See, when trees are planted, they're planted and the root system begins to grow. But if you take that plant, am I right? If you take that plant and you jerk it up by the roots and you go over here and plant it somewhere else and you do that again in another six months and then you do that again in another six months, what's going to happen? Is it ever going to grow? It's not going to grow or it's not going to produce fruit because you just keep picking it up and moving it, picking it up and moving it. But see, when it's planted, then the roots are able to go down deep and into the soil and gain nutrients and supply. Amen. So God chooses to place us in the body where he sees fit. Amen. And in relation to our connection and the honor that we show to that connection, amen, then we're honoring God. And we're showing respect and esteem in relation to that connection. That could mean, uh, 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 of course, it means to our pastors. When we show honor and respect unto our pastors, and that's showing honor and respect unto God, the connection uh, uh, to heaven, amen. The way God has designed it, when we show respect and honor unto that connection. It means to esteem, to set value on, to prize, to regard with reverence. Amen. And then we use this example of what is the opposite of honor. It means to treat as common or ordinary. And we all have a pair, I think I used this example last time, we all have a pair of work shoes, you know, that we just throw on to go out and rake leaves or cut grass or do whatever or get dirty or muddy. And we just treat it as common and ordinary because that's what it is, it's common. But we wouldn't do that with our dress shoes, would we? We wouldn't do that with our best cowboy boots or whatever we... We, we, we hold dear because they were costly and they cost us something. And we're not going to go out and just, you know, run through the mud or cut grass and something that's nice and it costs a lot of money because why? We honor it. But if you treat something as common, if you treat something as ordinary, then that's the opposite of honor. And you're not going to get any benefit from it. You're not going to get any reward from it. See, God has a, a, a way, a method that he operates. Amen. It's called the kingdom. And there's principles in the kingdom. And honor is a principle of the kingdom. Amen. And if we'll walk in, in, in that respect and that honor according to the kingdom, then there's blessing and privilege. Amen. There's, there, there's rewards that comes with it. Amen. See, we can't stand up and declare and decree over our money, but then not respect the gift of God that, that's in our midst. We can't stand up and declare and decree what belongs to us, but then we don't really give any regard or respect or honor to the word. But we just know something. You see the difference? See, it's different than just hearing a quote or something that you've known or you've memorized. But when you take the, God, the word of God and you feed on it and you meditate on it, it becomes a part of you. And you become rooted and grounded in Christ Jesus. So then when you speak, it's as if his words are being spoken. Yes. Amen. There's a difference. And the difference is honor and respect that we show unto the word. Now, Mark chapter 6 and verse 4. It says, but Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. Amplified said, a prophet is not without honor or reverence, except in his own country and among his relatives in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and he healed them. The Amplified said he was not able to do even a work, uh, uh, even one work of power there, except that he laid his hands on a few sickly people and he cured them. He said he was not able to. Now this was Jesus. Amen. And in the towns he had been in previously to that, he had laid hands on the sick, he had opened the eyes of the blind, he had healed the cripple, he had done mighty, many mighty miracles. But when he came here, 
He said he was not able to do much of anything here. This is the message translation. It says Jesus wasn't able to do much of anything here. He laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them, and that was it. He couldn't get over their stubbornness. He left, and he made a circuit of other villages teaching. He said he just went on to somewhere else. So we have to understand what constrains Jesus. What was it that constrained him there? It was a lack of honor. They said, is not this the carpenter's son? Is it not this just Mary's boy? Is this not the kid that we play ball with? Amen. Glory to God. But how much we receive and benefit from the finished work of Christ is a direct result of the amount of honor that we show to God, to his word. Amen. Direct result. Amen. Now, turn to... Uh, Hallelujah. Go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. So we need to give honor. We need to give esteem to God's word. We need to give weight to what's being done or said in our midst. Amen. We don't, we don't have time to go there, but we, we looked at it a few weeks ago over in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 where it says not to know any man according to the flesh. See what, you know, if you want to receive what a person can give you in the flesh, that's fine. But if you want to receive from the gift of God that's in that person, then the Bible says don't, not to know him after the flesh, but know him after the spirit and the gift that's on the inside of him. Amen. So, you know, I thank God for my pastor. And, and if you haven't figured it out, he's my brother-in-law. <laughs> But I don't want to, you know, I don't want to honor my pastor as my brother-in-law. I do honor him as my brother-in-law, but I don't want to just say he's my brother-in-law. And I don't want to come up and say, hey, brother-in-law, what are you preaching this morning? I've never done that, never will. Why? Because I honor the gift of God that's in him. And I honor the office that he stands in. And I want to receive from heaven of what he has in him, not what brother-in-law can offer. Now, brother-in-law can offer some good things. But I don't want to limit myself in the place and the connection that God's put me in the body to what a brother-in-law can offer. I wonder what the gift of God in pastor can offer and the five-fold ministry gift that he stands in. You see where I'm coming from? So we have a choice to make. Do we, do we esteem the words that are spoken coming from an, a, a, a gift of God or do we just, or we just look at them and, well, that's just, you know, we just come into church on another day or it's a Wednesday. Amen. But the gift of God is in every person that's a believer. Do you hear me today? They may not stand in the same office. They may not walk in the fivefold, but the gift of God is on the inside of them, and each person deserves respect. Amen. Each person deserves respect. And we're going to take a minute here uh, today and look at that. Each person de deserves respect. Now, uh, hallelujah. And where did I tell you to go? Luke. Luke 5. Hallelujah. We'll get there in just a minute. <laughs> So, uh, thank you, Jesus. We made mention of this, you know, and it's what we have to be careful with is, is familiarity. You know, it's very easy to become familiar with, with people, especially people that you're around with on a daily basis, spouses, you know, husband and wife, children and, and their parents and that kind of thing. It's, it's so easy to become familiar. And, and, and the sad thing of it is, how many times do we take out 
uh, frustration and things on people that are the closest to us. The ones that we love the most will, will say things that we really don't mean. And we'll take out frustrations sometimes and things that we've dealt with during the day. We'll come home and had a rough day at work and we'll come home and, and, and they'll say something. Just one thing that maybe they didn't even mean to say it that way, but we've had a tough day and they just say one thing like, well, you know, we just let it go. Why? Because we know we can get away with it or we think we can get away with it subconsciously. But how many of you know one day that may catch up? One day they may not work. <laughs> one, one day they may get tired of, of being the garbage can. They're not a garbage, garbage can with a hairy lid. You know, that's a hair on the head. That's not a garbage can with a hairy lid. They, they're not made just to take trash. Amen? So, but, but, it's, but it's called familiarity. So we're to honor our spouses. We use the example of that, that, that violin, you know, and, and uh, the Stradivarius. One of them was $16 million that, that was sold. $16 million. Could you imagine holding a violin in your, in your hands that cost $16 million? But we know it was the example that Gary Smalley used, which is an awesome teacher, uh, especially concerning relationships. And he said, you know, when your spouse walks in the room, then, then, then treat them like that Stradivarius and let it be a sense of awe when they walk in and say, you know, he says, like the breath comes out of the room, you know. We say, oh, that's just, you know. Well, what do you want to receive from that marriage? What do you want to receive from that relationship? What kind of esteem are you giving and honor are you showing to your spouse? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Now, uh, Luke chapter 5, verse uh, 17. Let me get over there myself. Luke chapter 5, verse uh, 17. Said, so it came to pass that on a certain day as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which would come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now that's key here. The power of the Lord was present to heal all that were present here. Verse 18, and behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in to lay him uh, before him. And when they could not find by what way that they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went up on the, the housetop and they let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. <laughs> and verse 20 says, And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Now this is telling us here that the power of presence to, to heal was present in this room. You know, we, we've, we've heard this example before about how, you know, we all need some crazy friends. We all need some people that's, you know, that, that's willing to, to gather us up sometimes when we need to be gathered up and, and get us to the place we need to go. So they gathered him up and they took him. They knew they had heard of Jesus. They knew that he was there. They knew that he healed, that he healed people. So they gathered him up on his mat, up on his bed. And man, they tore the, I mean, they tore the roof up. I mean, that's some expectation. If you believe you're going to get healed enough to the place where you tear a hole in the roof to come down, that you're expecting to receive. Most people would have came up to the door and said, well, we just, it's not our night, Martha. Let's go home. You know, they turn around, let's go get us a cheeseburger. And they go back somewhere, you know, because they're not really, not really expecting. But I've been places in uh, uh, different parts of the world where I'm telling you what people are expecting. When they walk two or three miles barefooted to get there, don't even know really how they're getting back. May have to sleep in the grass somewhere that night because they want to be at the meeting the next day. They're expecting. Amen. We were in Bangladesh one night and it rained for two solid hours. And we were concerned about, well, you know, we, we've invested all this money. I mean, it's thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars to put on the festivals that Brother Smith, uh, 
Smithwick puts on. I almost call him Wigglesmith. I got Smithwick and Smith Wigglesworth tied together. But it cost thousands of dollars to put those festivals on, and, he, and we were concerned because rain was in the forecast. So we began to pray. And there was one time Brother Jerry O'Dell, which is his mentor, told him, he said, well, sometimes we pray and we pray the rain away. He said, sometimes I prayed and the rain came anyway. And after the whole thing was over, he said, the Lord showed me that there was a, a, a group of uh, extreme radical Muslims that was coming to kill us. And he said, when it started to rain and it rained and it ran, it ran them off and they left. And he said, right after the meeting, it was time to start. It quit raining. We went in and had the crusade and thousands got saved. But it cut them off. But anyway... So we were there and we was concerned about what would happen with the, the, the rain that was coming. But I want to tell you, they kept piling in and they kept piling in and they kept piling in. And the whole field was covered with people that turned out to be around 15 to estimated 15 to 17,000 people that came. And it rained constantly for two hours. It was raining so hard that we, I was standing there with an umbrella because we have a projector that shows the passion of the Christ on the screen as the gospel was being presented. And I stood there with an umbrella over the, the projector the whole time. And I looked down at my feet and there was puddles on the ground. There's an electrical cord running, running to the uh, projector. So I got a little concerned, you know, it may get an extra charge. If I'm doing a dance, I don't know if it'd be the Holy Ghost dance or electrical charge dance, you know. But they wouldn't, they wouldn't know the difference, I guess. It was just, amen. But what my point is there is they, they were hungry. They came expecting to receive. And they stayed, and they stayed, and they stayed. And then after the, the, uh, the call for healing was given and the word was spoken and commands were given to bodies to be healed and eyes to be opened, then we stood there for I don't know how long, 45 minutes to an hour of people coming and coming and giving their testimonies and people coming and giving their testimonies. And then we give another round for salvation because more people would come. I looked across the, the street where I was at and there was a tall building. There was people all down the, the, the balconies of these buildings. There was a school building over to the side and every level of the floor, five levels tall. Uh, they had a hallway outside like a balcony and every balcony was full of people. So we don't know how many people heard the gospel. We don't know how many people saw the testimonies of healings and the miracle, miracle working power of Jesus. We don't know. Yeah. And we won't know till we get to, to heaven. But my point is that the people were hungry. They were expecting. Amen. They put honor yeah. on the word of God. They put honor. They didn't, even, they didn't even understand. But when they saw the miracles, when they saw and heard the gospel, and they saw on the screen of Jesus being crucified, and how could a man take such punishment for someone like me when I didn't even deserve it? And they, they stayed and they didn't want to leave. And they came back the next night and they brought people with them. Glory to God. So these people here, where they were expecting something. Amen. Saying, behold, men brought in a, 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 brought in a bed, a man which was taken with palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and lay him down before Jesus, and they couldn't. So they tore up the roof, laid his couch in before him, and it said, he saw their faith, and he said unto him, man, thy sins be forgiven. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this that speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, now, I want you to notice this. Jesus began to perceive their thoughts. Now, really, I believe they were saying this among themselves. They were, they, were, they were thinking these things. But Jesus began to perceive their thoughts, and he answered and said to them, What reason you in your hearts? Is it easier to say this man, his sins be forgiven, or to say, Rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power upon the earth to forgive sins, he said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy couch, and go into thy house. And immediately he rose up before them, he took up that wherein he lay and departed to his own house and he glorified God. And they were all amazed and they glorified God and they were filled with fear saying, we have seen strange things this day. <laughs> but why did that happen? It happened because they honored who was in the house. Amen. They honored 
and they had expectation that they would receive healing. Amen. And they didn't stop. They didn't give up. They didn't quit. They didn't turn back. Glory to God. So the power to heal was present, but no one was healed because they dishonored Jesus in their thinking. Jesus knew their thoughts and he knew they were thoughts of dis dishonor. Go to Matthew chapter eight real quick. We're still in the gospels. Matthew chapter eight. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5. It says, When Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of palsy and grievously tormented. Seemed like he was in, sounded like he was in pretty rough shape. It wasn't a head cold or sinus infection. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Now Jesus already told him, he said, I'll come. And when I come, I'm going to heal him. But the centurion answered and said unto him, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come into my roof. But speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Glory to God. Now this is a Roman centurion speaking to a Jewish man. That didn't happen. Not only that, he was a Roman officer and he was under authority. He under, that's the reason he understood authority. He said, I'm a man under authority and I understand authority. But he was talking to a Jewish person and he's a Roman officer in the Roman army. But he understood who Jesus was and he gave honor to who Jesus was. Amen. Glory to God. Verse nine says, for I'm a man under authority. Go back to verse eight. He said, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth and to another come and he cometh and to my servant do this and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. Now that's a strong statement. Amen. How many of you know Jesus had been around a lot of people? <laughs> How many of you know John the Baptist was one of them was included? But he said, not, I've not seen such greater faith, no, not in Israel, than what this man has just portrayed. Amen. Why? Because he honored who Jesus was. He honored the gift that was before him. Amen. He honored who he was. He said, I'm not worthy that you come into my home, but just speak the word. Glory to God. He honored the word. Amen. He honored the word. Jesus was marveled. He said, I haven't found such great faith. And he said, go thy way as thou hast believed. Be it done unto thee. And it was done just as Jesus said. Amen. Glory be to God. It was done just as Jesus said. <laughs> Glory be to God. Now, thank you, Father. Now let's go to uh, John. Well, I tell you what, you, I'm going to quote those to you. I want you to stay in the Gospels. Go to Matthew 10, and I'm going to quote a couple other verses to you, but I want you to go to Matthew 10. That's where we're going to Camp down here just for the last few minutes before we're dismissed today. Matthew chapter 10. And as you're turning there, I'm going to quote a few scriptures to you. John 13, 20 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me. Did you hear me? Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that re receiveth whomever I send, he receives me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. 
1 Samuel 2 verse 30 says, Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy, that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, Be it far from me, for them that honor me will I honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So I'll present this question. How do we lightly esteem God? We lightly esteem God by lightly esteeming those that he sends to us. By lightly esteeming those that are in authority over us and by lightly esteeming one another. So each person deserves honor. But a lot of times we just, wow, you know, that's such and such. See, we're not giving honor. But maybe God sent that person to you that day. Maybe it came in a package that you didn't really, you didn't get really excited about. Or you didn't think, well, you know, they got a lot of wisdom. Or maybe you're, you know, several years difference in your age. And you think, well, they don't really have, you know, nothing to say to me. I've been through this, this, and this. And they just kind of young whippersnapper. Well, I know somebody named David that was a young whippersnapper, and he, he accomplished some pretty good things in the Bible. Amen. Amen. So it's not about what we think. It's about honoring God and honoring the Holy Spirit and honoring his word and honoring those that he sends to us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 10, verse 40 and 42. It says, He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth the prophet in the name of the prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give drink unto the least, or give drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of the disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. So what this is telling us right here, there's three areas we're going to look at real quickly. Three categories of people that Jesus tells us to honor. The first one is those that are, that are above us. Second one is those that are on our same level, the peers, our peers that are equal to us. And the third is the people that are below us. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about people of worth. You know, if somebody said, well, they're below us. I'm not talking about somebody of worth that we say, well, they're not as good as us. That's not what I'm talking about. But it would be someone that it, it could be an economic level or a level of employment or a social level. Maybe they're at a different place in life than we are. But they deserve honor. We're to honor those people. When we go downtown, we're, we're, we honor those people. You know, I've had plastic gloves melted to my hands before from cooking hamburgers for two hours on a grill. And I had a guy come through one time. He said, man, that food y'all cooking is trash. Now, he said that to me to my face. I'm cooking hamburgers. The glove melted to the hair on my knuckles is gone. I mean, there's no hair. Gloves melted in my hands. And he said, that food y'all cooking is trash. He said, I can go right over here to this dumpster at this restaurant tonight and get better food than, than what y'all putting out. And I said, well, praise God. I said, I'm so happy for you. I'm glad you, get, I'm glad you got some, get something good to eat tonight. But these people right here behind you, they're waiting for you to go ahead and come on through because they're thankful for it. And they said, you're right. We appreciate it. And they started telling them, oh, you, you know, they started getting all roughing up. They said, go, go on, get out of here. We, we appreciate it. We're thankful for them. And they get up here and say, we thank you. We, we appreciate you all so much for coming down here, giving us a hot meal. It's cold. We appreciate it. You know, but he just wanted to tell us, you know, but see, each person deserves it. Each person deserves that, that respect and that honor. Amen. And they got to see the love of Jesus in the process. <laughs> now, I had some thoughts. <laughs> but I didn't act on the thoughts. Amen. I had some. Glory to God. Now, um, those that are above us are civil authority. 
We're not going to turn here for the sake of time. For civil authority, Romans 13, if you make a note, you can jot this down, Romans 13, 1 through 4. It says, those that are over us in the civil authorities, the police, and those that are over us, it says they're God's servant working with us for our good. And it gives you warning about what happens if you don't obey the civil authorities. And it's in the scripture. It says there's God's ministers that he's appointed. Amen. So they're not bad people. They're ministers of God that he's appointed. Amen. And set over us. The second part of those that are above us are family authority. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 says, Honor your father and your mother, for it's the first commandment with promise. It'll be well with thee and you'll live long on the earth. Amen. It's the first commandment with promise that God gave was to honor our father and mother. So we'd live long to, on the earth and be well with us. Amen. And the third area of people that are above, above us is social authority. Social authority. That means First uh, Timothy 6, 1, it talks about, uh, in today's terms, it'd be talking about bosses and teachers and coaches. Now look at Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter 6 real quick. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5, it says, Servants, in today's terms, we, you know, we necessarily call them servants, but it might be employee. Someone that you work for, someplace that you're employed. Uh, it could be a, a, even a volunteer position. Or it could be a place, like I said, that you're employed. But it says, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of heart as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. So there's so many people today, they just want to be men pleasers. They just, you know, they just do it with eye service just as long as people's watching. Right. You know, and, 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 I, and we don't have time to, to get in that today, but people have an a entitlement mentality. We don't have time. to. I've got a whole other set of notes on that. We don't have time to even touch on today, but people have an entitlement mentality. They believe that something just, just belongs to them. Why? Because they, they think they're entitled to it. It belongs to it, but that's not the case. But we're to, to do it as unto the Lord. Not men pleasers or just I service, but as unto the Lord. Amen? Why? Because we're giving honor ultimately unto God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now we're going to close here today with this. Go, to, uh, go on a little bit further in the New Testament to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's go to uh, Hallelujah. Well, there's a story. <laughs> I'm gonna close with this. There's a story of a uh, a business owner. Because we already at 15 till. 15 minutes to 12, so I'm going to keep my word. We're already a few minutes past what time we, we're supposed to go today. But jot this down in your notes if you have notes. It's 1 Thessalonians 5, 12, and 13 in the, in the Amplified Version. And I've already covered that uh, uh, already. We've already touched on it, so you can go back and look at it. But it talks about church authority. 
but we've already touched on that, so that'd be that'd be fine. But the story of this this business owner, uh, he was getting ready to give his company away. He was getting up to the age where it was time to retire. It was time for him to, to look for someone to take over his company, but he didn't have any sons. So he looked within the company to find someone that, that, that he thought would, you know, to have the, the, the right business mentality, the right attitude, that could take it over and keep it going because he, did, he didn't want to see his life work just, you know, end when he died. He wanted someone to, to carry it on. So he looked all within his company and he really couldn't find anybody. And he was really sad. He thought, I've built this and worked this all my life, but there's really nobody here. So he, he, he set up a job interview process and he brought some people in and it was a simple process. All he did is he had the two buckets. You've heard, some of you heard me tell this story before, but he had the two buckets. He had a bucket, two buckets of, of, of screws, five gallon bucket. He had a bucket here full of screws and a bucket right here that was empty. And under the bottom of the bucket of the a five gallon bucket of screws, he put a $100 bill in it. And he told the person to come in the job interview. He said, okay, the first thing you need to do in a job interview is I want you to go back in, in the warehouse here and I want you to, to take the, the screws out of this bucket and put it over in this one. He said, when you get that done, come back and see me. We'll talk more in the interview. So the first guy went in and he got about two handfuls of screws, threw them over in the bucket. And he looked in the bucket and he said, well, that's a white bucket and this is a white bucket. These are screws and these are screws. Then why do I need to do that? This is crazy. I'm wasting my time. I can do better things than this. And he walked out. Second guy came into the interview, walked into the same, same instructions. He goes back to the back room to do it. He gets to the bucket. He gets about three quarters of the way down through it. It comes to the same exclusion, uh, same conclusion. He said, this is a white bucket. That's a white bucket. These are screws. I'm putting the screws over here. Why do I need to do this? This is crazy. I'm wasting my time. I, I, I'm a better person than this. I've got more talents. I've got a better way to do that. Why don't you just leave it in there like it was? And why you need it over here? That's the way it ought to be done. See, all these opinions. No honor, no respect, just opinions, entitlement. But finally, the third one came in, and he went down, and he started moving the screws over, and he moved them over, and he moved them over. He said, I don't really understand why I'm doing this, but this is what he asked me to do. This was the, the process, and he asked me to do it. I'm going to do it. So he got down to the bottom. When he got there, there was a $100 bill in the bottom of it, and that was another choice to make. You're going to show honor and honesty? So he took the $100 bill, and he walked back into the office. And when a man saw him come in with a $100 bill in his hand, he said, you're my man. You're the guy I'm looking for. See, because he did what he asked him to do, and he was honest about the $100 bill, brought it in, amen, and gave it to the owner. And the guy said, you're the one I'm looking for. And the reason I share that story is this. See, there's so many people today, they got, they, you know, it's okay to have ideas, right? It's okay, but, you know, we've been bought with a price. When we come into the kingdom, we're no longer our own. We belong to the king. But we have a choice to submit to that. We have a choice to submit to his plan and purposes. Amen. And in doing so and in honoring him, that means that we submit ourselves and we honor those that he set over us into authority. And when we do that, the Bible says that there's, that, that there's reward that comes with it. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So I'm excited about honor. Amen. I get excited when I can show honor. Amen. How about you? Amen. Amen. Are we going to honor this, this word? Are we going to honor? Amen. And get excited about it as one has found a great treasure. Amen. When you wake up in the morning, like that song said, she said, I have no doubt. Glory to God. I wake up in the morning and I have no doubt. Amen. Amen. When we wake up in the morning, we, we rejoice over his word. We have no doubt. Amen. Amen. Well, glory to God. Well, thank you for listening. So good. Amen. Glory to God. Y'all easy to minister to. Amen. Amen. 2019 is the best year yet. Amen. Amen. You can declare and decree a thing. If 2018 didn't go the direction you wanted to do, Proceed to the root. Amen. Adjust the GPS.
Glory to God. Adjust it, check the root, and get grounded in, in the right root. And you'll have the right fruit. Amen. Well, we love you. We call you blessed. And we'll see you Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Amen. You're dismissed.